Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. geeks man bunch of space geeks welcome back to the space news pod this is a daily podcast about space science and tech in it this is your first time listening welcome if you've been here before thank you for all the support also being supported by Magellan TV. You can go to MagellanTV.com slash Space News Pod for two months free. Super high quality, nerdy documentaries about everything from human nature to outer space, black holes, Saturn, quantum theories, etc. If you're into that kind of stuff, go to MagellanTV.com slash Space News Pod and you get two months for free. High quality, HD, any device, anytime, streaming, anywhere. And after the two months, uh, $4.99 after that, if you want to sign up. So check it out. MagellanTV.com slash Space News Pod. They're awesome partners. Awesome, awesome partners. Now, there's some cool stuff going on. Some really cool stuff going on. Rocket Lab is awesome. Rocket Lab just launched their Make It Rain mission on an electron rocket. It was successful. The Electron rocket has a maximum payload of 225 kilogram. It's easy. Thank you, Caspot, for those four likes. It's easy for companies to launch their satellites into orbit with Rocket Lab. Now, it's not as flashy as, say, SpaceX or something like that, but they're really cool. They have really great technology. It's kind of a plug and play kind of thing, right? So basically you go, all right, I got the satellite. They plug it into this spot on the rocket and it's ready to launch. They can, they 3D print their engines. Well, the primary components to their engines, I should say. It takes about 24 hours for them to print the engine out. And it's not reusable, uh, but it's cheap. Right, so we're trying to get away from um, these rockets. Oh, hold on a second. My dog is going crazy. She's barking about something. I apologize. It might be the UPS guy. So I know this is a professional podcast, but I also have Scrappy downstairs, who's a professional maniac. 
I don't know what she's barking at, but she's also the star of the show. Hold on. I think she might've stopped. That was a roller coaster of emotions for me. I thought we may have had visitors for a second in the studio. Ow. Let's get back to this mission. This mission was, it was called the make it rain mission. And the reason why it was called make it rain is because, uh, rocket lab USA is based in Seattle. And it rains a lot in Seattle, so they just named it after basically where they came from. But it also rains in New Zealand, where their launch complex is located. So it's kind of a thing, you know, make it rain. Of course, making it rain means making some money. So, of course, they made some money when they launched these uh, satellites into orbit. It was very successful. And they have all of this available, all the information at rocketlabusa.com if you want to check it out. Now, the reason for me to come on today, there's one big reason. The reason is the Apollo 11 landings on the moon. Did Apollo actually land on the lunar surface? I believe so. I believe there's evidence to back it up. Also, the conspiracy theorists like to talk about all the evidence against the landing on the moon. Okay, so this is, this is my argument right here. There's one thing. 400,000 people. 400,000 people had to keep a secret forever about their missions, about their jobs. So if it was a hoax, if it were indeed a conspiracy to try to win the, uh, the Cold War against the Soviet Union, well, they're doing a pretty good job of covering up. A critical mind can question it, right? So there are, there are some things that are out there that if you go down the rabbit hole, there are some things that are very compelling, very, very compelling, like the photos of the quote flag waving. It's been debunked numerous times, you know, and um, I haven't really. So basically what I, what I want to do with this podcast is um, it's kind of opened up to everybody else too. You know, if you're chatting here or on YouTube or on uh, uh, Periscope, I want to say, you know, thank you so much for hanging out. Harry, what's up, man? Yeah, thank you for checking out everything. Thank you, Caspot, for that rose. It is a live cast. Well, it's a podcast. It'll turn into a podcast after this. I'm going to upload it to the pod, the pod platform. Um, but basically, I want to open this up to everybody and see what you guys think. Because for me, I know, everybody else knows, people have been punched out because of it. Old Buzz, 
punching people out, conspiracy theorists, after they got in his face. Have you checked out MagellanTV.com yet? It's really cool. There's a lot of really awesome space documentaries on there. If you go to MagellanTV.com slash Space News Pod, you can get two months for free. And there are a lot of HD amazing docs about the solar system, um, black holes. Actually, you know, I am watching this thing called Birth of a Black Hole. It is terrifying. So if you get terrified by space like I do, go check it out. And you get two months for free. You can watch it on anything, anywhere, anytime. So your TV, your laptop, your computer, your phone, your tablet, anything. And it's on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple Play, Google Play, iOS. And if you go to MagellanTV.com slash Space News Pod, you can get two months for free. Smacking people in the face about it. <laughs> Which, mind you, is not the right thing to do. You're not supposed to punch somebody because they disagree with you. But, you know, the guy was kind of pushy. So, I uh, thank you for those hearts on Periscope. I appreciate it. And there's so much evidence to back up both sides of it. And it depends on how, what you're looking for, right? So me going into this, I think, okay, I believed when I was a young kid. Um, you know, I believed that we went to the moon. And from there, it makes me think like, okay, am I biased because I was told these things by the media? Because I was shown these moving pictures when I was a child that we went to the moon. I was born in 76. So it was only a few years before I was born. It was under 10 years before I was born. And man, it is crazy that I got to see that like a couple years after it actually happened. Now, we only had what we were given at that point. NASA has released thousands of images, thousands of hours of video. There's also, oh, Bob Lazar, dude. Yeah, Bob Lazar, amazing. That was a, that was a fun podcast. It was a, it was a great one. And I want to watch the thing on Netflix, but I haven't had a chance. I haven't had the time to sit down and do it, but it's in my, in my watch list. So I might actually pop it in tonight and watch it before I go to bed. There's just one of those things where I'm like, man, there's so many holes in his story too. And if you look at the background of Bob Lazar, um, okay, hold on one second. Look at his Wikipedia. There's some really weird things going on. Right. Here's his wiki page. I'm going to send it to you in chat. Some weird stuff going on. Um, I, when I first heard him talk on the Joe Rogan show, I thought this dude is one, either he's telling the truth or he has convinced himself that this is the truth. He seems like a normal dude, right? Seems like a normal guy. Um, just a, just a guy, right? Just a guy, guy who just 
happens to be a nerd and worked for a cool company, right? In 1990, he was arrested for aiding and abetting a prostitution ring that was reduced to felony pandering to which he pleaded guilty and was ordered to do 150 hours of community service, stay away from brothels, and undergo psychotherapy. Wow. So there's some, there's some shady stuff. Everyone's done some crazy stuff in their time, right? But that seems a little bit overboard. Castbox, thank you so much for all of those stars, man. I appreciate that. Right. And if and he says they falsified it, right? So if, if they falsified his story, then how uh, he has no proof that they falsified it, right? I mean, there's, there's no real proof to back up that they did that. And if he was tried in the court of his peers, then you have to think that those peers were on a payroll somewhere and there's a whole conspiracy about that too. And that goes down another rabbit hole, which is just too much to dig into at this point. So thanks for those four likes, Harry. They falsified, right? And that, you know what? It's funny about a lot of UFO conspiracists, a lot of people who believe in UFOs and a lot of people who not just believe in UFOs, but have the stories to back it up, right? It seems like they always have like them against the system or them against the government or them against some sort of, you know, Illuminati or something like that, where they're fighting somebody. And it seems like, you know, they're against the world. That's what it seems like. Now, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of stuff that could have happened, but may not have happened. I'm not sure exactly. You know, like there's, there's so many holes in everybody's story that you don't know which, who to trust at that point. And yeah, Aaron, exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Now we have places like Twitter. We have places where, you know, where we can get information from specific people where we can get information from, different sources, numerous sources. Also, why didn't, um, why didn't Bob Lazar just take anything? It's an anti-gravity reactor. Couldn't he take like a bolt or something? Something that had like a residue on it? I don't know. Because if he's working on this thing and he's like, this, this is UFO technology. And I know it's like top secret or whatever. And he's probably watched over, but you got to be able to steal something, dude. You got to be able to steal something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just to back yourself up. He has no motive, right? And that's why he's the perfect case scenario. He has no motive. Um, and he had no motive back then because he didn't really have anything to sell. Right. And he's not, he doesn't want to get rich now in his head. Is he uh, like some sort of like, he wants to be a martyr. Does he want to be, you know, does he want to be famous? I don't know. Like we don't know these things, you know, he could be a perpetual liar and he could be some sort of sociopath that's telling people exactly what they want to hear just to fit in. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm not 
hundred percent sure how, how this guy operates. Nobody really is. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. It's fun though. If you think about it, it's fun. The conspiracy theories are great and they're fun. So that's another thing that's really interesting about the moon hoaxes is, is that like, it's fun to think that there's this gigantic conspiracy with half a million people, right? There's a half a million, almost half a million people that there's a conspiracy theory that they were part of it. And none of them knew what was going on. They're siloed off into these separate sections to do their work. That's what I've heard numerous times is that, oh yeah, they didn't even know what they were working on. But they know like somebody had to work on a, you know, let's just say a bolt, a certain kind of bolt. It's the easiest thing to work on. So this guy's working on a bolt. This guy's over here working on the nut siloed off from each other. They don't work together. They don't know what they're working on. That's a, that's one of the theories too. Is it 400,000 people? There's got to be some gossip somewhere. There's got to be somebody. There's got to be some person in that whole place. And there's there's been people that have stepped forward and said, hey, you know, we knew that this wasn't going to be real and that we weren't going to make it to the moon and that it's all fake that worked there. But it's like, you know, maybe 10 people, I, I believe, something like that. It's not a lot. But out of 400,000 people, that's the biggest thing for me personally. Now there's also the science that came from it. There's moon rocks that they're going to be releasing to the public that they haven't released yet. And no one's ever seen them or no one's ever touched them, right? They're still vacuum packed. They're still sealed up from their trip from the moon back to earth. That's coming up soon. That's in the next month or so. They're going to be releasing those samples. So the reason why they didn't release those samples before is because they didn't know when they were going to get back to the moon. These are very, very precious. They're kind of worth, you know, everything to NASA. Like this is their big thing. This is their gold mine. Um, could they fake these? Could they make them from something? Could they 3D print a bunch of them and make them make it seem like they did that? Yeah, they could. But why would they? Are they doing another cover-up? Right. Truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Exactly. Well, there are. You know, I've, I've listened to Joe Rogan a bunch of times uh, where he's talked about the moon hoaxes. And, um, you know, he's brought up the fact that they did use some PR pictures, right? to kind of show off what they're doing in space, which is basically like somebody who has a deadline it happens all the time. I've done it in my job. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you guys. You sneak some code in there. I'm a coder. So like you sneak some code in there that'll just barely work, get by and make sure that your manager doesn't know it, but then you can go back later and fix it. Right? So it'll work for about a week. You think, you know, it's going to be stable. And then you go back through, you push some, like a fix, a quote, hot fix out later. Uh, but it works for now. So what they would do is they, they'd say, okay, we need this press photo to go on the cover of a magazine, a time magazine or whatever back in the day. And the press secretary would say, what do we have? 
you know, what kind of photos do we have from space? We don't have any yet, but we have these that we shot in a lab, you know, like the, in this uh, soundstage. So I don't like whenever they say that the moon landing was filmed in a sound, a soundstage, probably right. Not the actual moon landing, but their attempts to get the timing right and to get the processes right. Because before you go to the moon, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know these things. You have to know the processes. You have to know what gravity is going to feel like up there. You have to know what you're going to be stepping in. And when you don't have a moon on Earth, you have to make one. So they made sound stages and they made, you know, they still do it for the Mars rovers. They make little, you know, desert spots for them to drive around in. Curiosity, etc. All have had their test facilities. And, you know, it's the same thing. The moon landings were the same thing. They, they had to have those things or they would die on the moon. Still manipulating for profit. It's possible. You know, everybody, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. I'm just going to be out there and, you know, I'm going to say it too. Like NASA is a business. You know, it's the government, but they have to make, you know, they have to show the powers that be, the people in charge, that they're bringing something to the table that isn't, you know, a bunch of nerds just geeking out on, you know, the latest picture of Jupiter or whatever. They have to show them like, okay, these technologies that we're building, these are going to be things that are going to be useful for the American people in the future and are going to be good for the defense of America. Because they have to prove it. Yeah, yeah, they do. They have to prove it to us. Just the normal people. They have to prove everything to everybody. Now, and that's a really cool topic because NASA um, submits all of their data. It's all available. You can get it anytime you want to. All their photos, all their videos, etc. It's all available to anybody ever, like whenever you want it. Mainly on their website. You can go to their YouTube channel, etc. Their Flickr page is a huge archive. Check this out. This is really cool. Of the <clears throat> Apollo project. Check. This is really cool. All these photos. Flickr album of like, I was just going through them today, just looking at them going like, holy cow. There's some really like stuff that you don't really see. Like this photo of an Apollo nine and a shot of an Apollo nine, uh, extra vehicular activity in EVA. Let me get this for you right here. Just like open up the hatch and there's some random dude, some random astronaut popping out of the hatch. Uneducated people don't know the difference between a universe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of people don't know that the moon, you know, that we've been to the moon. There's a lot of science that we could be teaching people. And that's part of this spot, this podcast too, is that, you know, from here, I learn stuff and then I can bring it out to whoever wants to listen. And if you want to listen, I appreciate you and you're amazing. 
but also there's people out there that just don't care that much and they have their daily routine going on. They do their thing every day and that's totally cool. You know, you're a person, you're a human. You don't have to think about other galaxies. You don't have to think about quasars and black holes. You don't have to think about asteroids smashing into the earth every day. Fortunately, there's people, you always think there's people smarter than me. And there's people that are smarter than me that are going to take care of these things. So you put your faith in other people to do the right thing. Right. And they, yeah, exactly. Or they might, they might not think of God every day. They may think of God every day. You know, it, and it depends. It depends on the person, depends on, um, you know, where they were born. It depends on their environment. Luckily, I was fortunate enough to be born in a place where I can see the stars every night. And I can go to a hill near an airport, park my car, uh, just hang out where it's really, really dark, and watch shooting stars, watch satellites, look at the moon, look at the planets. I learned at an early age, you know, what Jupiter looks like. As I looked up in the sky, somebody pointed it out to me, said, hey, that one over there, that really bright one, that's not shimmering, twinkle, twinkle, little star, it doesn't twinkle because it's not that far away. It's large and not far away. So in comparison to stars, I should say, it's not that far away. Do you believe in a God or a God? I believe in being created. I don't know what created everything, but I don't believe in a higher power as like a, as a, uh, a God figure. You know what I'm saying? I believe everything was created. I don't know what the reason for the creation is. Um, and I don't know who did it, what kind of thing did it. So I don't have any answers. I can't put my faith in something that doesn't have, you know, doesn't have a, a true path. So what I do is I try to treat people very well, try to be nice to people, because I believe that if there is a higher calling and if there's a higher power, that the things you do while you're alive, they really reflect on what happens after. You know, if, if there is an afterlife, you just you believe just not in standardized bullshit. Well, I don't, well, the other thing is, no, I don't, I don't believe in any sort of a, a being that created us because I don't know. The universe started somewhere, right? And we were created from the universe. We're part of this universe. Um, we're part of, you know, we are created from star stuff. We're created by molecules from other things in the universe and for some reason, those things, those molecules, those atoms, all came into the right place at the right time in this one planet near this one star at the perfect time. And through evolution or whatever other way you want to think about it, we have human beings. And... We're here for the purpose of 
interacting with other humans. You know, it, it, it comes down to a certain mindset of treat everybody well. You believe in math as a universal language? Um, yeah, I do. I do. It can, it can, um, it can solve a lot of problems, right? Physics can't be denied. Exactly. Until we get into spooky string theories and things like that. Then you're like, Oh, that's different. <laughs> that's not normal physics. <laughs> that's weird. You know, those kind of things, but it's still physics, you know? So it's, uh, and we always discover new things, right? So physics before, you know, I believe math and I think science is a universal language. Things that we didn't know about before, like dark matter, dark energy, we didn't know they existed. So we had to do our best to kind of do the math, right? We had to do the math to figure out why these things are getting pulled on, why these things are expanding, So we didn't know, we had no idea. And then dark matter, dark energy, they're figuring out as they go. Uh, the spooky bit. Well, the spooky bit, we also didn't know about atoms for the longest time. Right? And that's a spooky bit. I've looked into the Bible code and it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, literally, there's so many different Bible codes. There's so many different conspiracies about the Bible that I don't even know where to start anymore because there are so many people that have found quote secret messages in different books, not only the Bible, but um, books from philosophers, books from like Einstein. People think that Einstein wrote secret messages in his code, like in his math to say that he was like, I don't know, part of, part of a, an, the upper echelon of humanity. And I'm just like, dude, he was just doing math. That guy was just doing math. He's trying to figure out the universe. You know, he's trying to figure out black holes, trying to figure out where everything came from. He figured out that we're kind of on a trampoline and if you put a planet on there, it kind of like sucks the trampoline down a little bit. The mass of our planet bends space and time. If that doesn't blow your freaking mind, man, anything can bend space and time if it's big enough. All you can infer is that you are most likely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Something's, someone's going to prove Einstein wrong someday. Yeah, everything is going to change someday. Someone's going to discover something that's going to change Einstein's theories. And it's going to be insane. I'm not I'm probably not going to be around when that happens because and Einstein doesn't come along that often. So I'm expecting it to happen, you know, after I'm dead dead, long gone, you know, in the ground, worm dirt or uh, worm food in the dirt. So 
possible, you know, maybe it'll happen. But, you know, there's the the whole the whole thing, the whole universe is mysterious. Even our top scientists are like, look, man, I don't know everything. Even somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is very vocal about, you know, and knowing he knows a lot of stuff. He's very vocal about knowing a lot of stuff. And he'll put you in your place if you don't know a lot of stuff, which has been said numerous times. And the funny thing is, um, he knows when he's not right. He'll tell you. It's like, I don't know that. So there's a lot of stuff that very intelligent people don't know. Asperger's is evolutionary. You know, I think about that every once in a while. You know, are we the weird ones? You know, people without Asperger's? Um, people that, like myself, um, I'm kind of a scatterbrain. I don't focus on one thing all the time. And I always wonder what it would be like to be able to kind of like get into that mindset of solely focusing on one thing forever. Like Einstein was like, I'm going to figure out the universe, you know, something like that. I mean, he had a lot of stuff in between, but his primary goal was to figure out where everything came from, you know, how everything functions and to have that kind of drive of, I'm going to do this one thing until I figure out the universe. How crazy is that? Like that is just nuts, man. So Buzz Aldrin uh, quoted Stephen Hawking recently. And he said that Stephen spoke to him and said that um, they have to go to the moon first. Colonize the moon first. That's what he said. Buzz Aldrin has always been like, let's go back to Mars. Let's go to Mars. That's possible, Aaron. You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't know anything about that. Got to know anything about um, that kind of mindset. So I'm, I can't really focus on that. Um, so I, I don't know anything about it. So I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that and not actually talk about it, but it's possible. So, so Buzz wants to go back to the moon now. Buzz was always like, hey, let's go conquer Mars. But Buzz has a, a really great idea, which is also the NASA mission right now. By chance, right? Oh, the conspiracy. Ooh, I think I can think about it now. The conspiracy theorists are going crazy because Buzz Aldrin, the guy that said we should go to Mars is backing the corporate interests of the government going back to the moon, moon to Mars. So NASA's mission by 2024 is to set foot on the moon again. The first woman in the next man will be setting foot 
on the moon in the next five years, if all goes well. And Buzz Aldrin changes to him lately, just recently, a couple days, and said that we should go back to the moon, out to Mars. And he's got a point. We need to learn how to live in space before we get to Mars. I've said it before on the show. We have to learn how to make huts on the moon. We have to learn how to make food on the moon. We have to learn how to live off the land on the moon. We have to know how to get water ice and change that into actual water or into oxygen so we can breathe it. And if we can't do that on the moon, if we don't know that technology, we can't do it on Mars because you can't just send people to Mars and hope it all goes well. <laughs> Cast spot, exact girl potatoes on the moon. Just like, yeah, exactly. Just like on the Martian. And that was a great movie, by the way. Um, but yeah, do that, you know, learn those skills on the moon and eventually take those skills to Mars. Space is hard. Space is big. So you can't just go to Mars between 100 and 300 days to get to Mars. Why don't you go to the moon? It's a quick jaunt to the moon. That movie made absolutely zero sense to me. Yeah, most of that movie, I was just like enthralled by him going crazy on Mars and making potatoes. Like, that was awesome. There was, there was some science that was wrong, but it was, uh, as a movie, to capture people's imagination, it was great. It was great. Um, so we got to, like you said, we got to learn how to grow things on the moon. Because if we get to Mars and we can't do any of those things, we don't know if it's just been a test in the lab or just kind of like, uh, let's, uh, we kind of know what we're doing. Let's send some people to Mars and figure it out. That's not going to work. Those people will die. Those people will get to Mars and kind of have an idea, sort of, of how to build structures and maybe get to, you know, another place on Mars to get some water ice, which they could possibly make into water. But also if they do it on the moon first and they, it's like any other adventure, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Before you run 10 miles, you got to run one mile. Got to work up to it. It's like an exercise. Before you lift 100 pounds, you got to lift 10 pounds. I don't know if I could. I, I have a weight bench in my basement that I haven't used in a while. I wonder how much I could lift. I'm going to tell you guys next time on the next show. So that's one reason to come back and see how much Will can lift. It's probably not that much. Hey, Aaron, thanks for that follow, man. Um, but I hope it's 100 pounds. And if it's not 100 pounds, I got some work to do. So there we go. I'll start off at 10 pounds, work my way up. So all I'm saying is if we go back to the moon before we go to Mars, we'll be in really good shape. Also, if you like these kind of topics, make sure to follow the show. Because this is kind of a one-off thing. Like sometimes I don't have a lot of quote news 
coming in. So we just have an open discussion with everybody and just talk about stuff, talk about moon stuff, talk about Mars stuff, space stuff, get into some Q and a, get into some science, talk about my sweet GoFundMe. Oh, here we go. Here's a link to it. Um, that's just me self-promoting, but I'm going on a trip to Florida in November on the 15th of November. I have to be there. It's to NASA. I'm going to watch a launch. The next people to go to the ISS from American soil will be going on that rocket. And I will be there. I have a filmer guy. One of my good friends. Take me. Oh man. Come along. You're welcome. Jump in the car, man. No, I don't even know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, um, rental and everything trying to get it all figured out before I go down there. And I kind of like every, every show I'm kind of like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And I'm figuring out as I go on the air, because I want everybody to be involved. I've been looking at Airbnbs along the way, looking at cheap places to stay, places to camp. Um, I don't think I'll be able to take my car. My car is old. It's 230,000 miles, but it's an amazing, amazing shape for 230,000 miles, 235,000 miles. Actually, I just got one of the uh, piston coils fixed today, but I don't dare take that car down there. It's a good, like, you know, maybe drive it a hundred miles kind of car. And then even that you're like, all right, let's just, let's just chill. So I got to rent a car. Um, I'm going to keep tweeting at, Tesla until they, uh, <laughs> till we can do some sort of cross promo. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen, but that would be pretty insane. Maybe they'll give me a, uh, customary handshake and a Tesla to drive down there for a SpaceX launch. That would be great. Probably not going to happen, but I'm going to keep trying. Um, going to be vlogging every day on my YouTube channel, going to be doing live casts on Castbox every day, every night, just like I do now. And I'm going to do a live cast from the launch. So people get to actually feel what it's like. Like I'm going to explain the emotions as I watch this rocket launch. Ever since I was a little kid, since I was a little, little kid, I've always wanted to see a rocket launch. I lived in Orlando for two years. And I didn't see a rocket launch. I was too busy. And now that I'm doing this podcast full time, this is my job. I don't make a ton of money doing it. And that's why I have the GoFundMe and I have, you know, all that stuff. Because listeners like you, just like PBS or just like any other nonprofit out there, uh, I do this for you guys. And I also do it because it's fun and it's cool and it's a neat way to make a living that, uh, you know, you don't make a lot of money as a podcaster, just being honest with you guys. And I always will be, if I ever make it big and I get a big sponsorship, sure. You know, I'll tell you right now I have really great sponsors. Um, MagellanTV.com are really great. They've been supporting me. Um, you can go and this is going to help for the show too. And for the, for the travel, um, Magellan TV.com slash space news pod. If you're interested, they have documentaries about 
space science tech two months for free awesome stuff hd quality new stuff added every week really really cool stuff i'm interested in black holes so i've been watching the black hole documentaries they're terrifying uh, but magellantv.com slash space news pod and when your two months are done you can sign up for as little as 4.99 after that per month so check those guys out really cool people really great people to work with too like i wouldn't work with jerks i only want to work with people that are cool people like good people so that's where i'm at with those guys um but yeah i'm i can't wait to do it i can't wait to do it and it's coming together and i'm going to tell you guys like if you want up-to-date stuff twitter.com slash space news pod and i'll also share it on this podcast whenever i get a, a good update for you guys so that is that i'm also getting uh more soundproofing for the studio i have a whole wall almost i have like half of a wall of soundproofing right now right in front of me and i have to do the other half of the wall and that'll be one whole wall of the studio that's going to be soundproofed and that's because of advertisers and because of people donating and helping out uh, but literally like all the money goes to like all my advertising money or whatever goes to me eating and doing this podcast that's about it you know just paying my bills and doing this podcast this is my job now so pretty rad i'm stoked so that's that's the happenings for me other than that, there's going to be uh, cool stuff tomorrow. I'm going to have a whole show about uh, lunar eclipses. And also, I'm going to touch on some more, of course, more conspiracy theories, because everyone loves them. They're fun. You know, more moon landing stuff, possibly. And also SpaceX, Elon Musk. What's happening next with Tesla? Apparently, they have some new tech coming out for the second half of this year. There may be a Model S and a Model X refresh. So Model S is their flagship. Model X is a pretty cool vehicle as well. Um, you know, it's an awesome SUV. They got a motor and suspension upgrade earlier this year. But according to sources there's going to be bigger and better releases in the next couple months. So they're going to do an interior refresh for model S and model X because they already have like, they already have the framework, right? They already have just like anything like code. If you start with the framework, you have the building blocks to keep producing something better. So I use frameworks all the time in my work in my code, and the, uh, you know, it's a good starting point. So what they have now, they have these frameworks for these cars, right? So the Model S is an amazing framework for a, a luxury sedan. <laughs> the boring tunnels. Yeah, boring companies tunnels. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain part of me that wants that to work. And I want it to be cool. But I don't, I don't, I guess I don't get it enough. Like, it seems like a cool idea. Like, hey, get your car off the road and go underground. 
Like take this little, yeah, use the metro. Yeah. Use the train. That seems easy. Like you go to New York city, use the subway. It's pretty freaking easy. You can put, you know, thousands of people there on the subway. You don't have, nobody has to have their individual cars. But what I think about the boring company and the tunnels is that in the future, we're going to have autonomous cars, right? So if you have autonomous cars on the highways, it'll eventually clog up because maybe more people will get autonomous cars and they might not take public transit because it's better to be able to be in your car, sit back, relax, you know, put on a, put on a blankie, go to sleep for an hour or two, whatever, on your way to work, wake up when you get to work, all groggy, get that extra hour of sleep and maybe listen to, you know, a show or something, maybe watch a, a movie on your way to work for the hour commute. And then, you know, once we get more and more cars on the highway, even though it'll be more efficient, maybe more cars will join and then we'll have to move them underground. But I don't know. I mean, that's just one of my theories that I've thought about, but you know, just use, just use the tram, just use, use the subway. That seems pretty legit. Like a train, a bus, all those things seem pretty logistically right. Elon Musk is becoming a living meme. meme. Yeah, it's he has so many things he's working on. I wish that he would just focus on SpaceX, to be honest with you. I mean, Tesla's cool. Tesla's rad. It's an awesome, awesome thing. But the bigger picture here is SpaceX. And he's only got a certain amount of life to live, right? So he's got, what if he dies tomorrow? He never made it to Mars but he has to make money in order to keep pushing things forward with SpaceX. So there's the whole, like, he, I guess money, if he just threw a bunch of money at SpaceX, he couldn't, I guess he could just launch something to Mars, right? He could just launch a rocket to Mars if he had enough money. Stay off of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he's a meme lord now. Yeah, I mean, he's just having fun, though, at this point. And he's also ruining a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff on that he does on Twitter that's kind of like, what are you doing, dude? We know you're a smart guy, but come on. But then again, who would, like, do we know what would happen if, you know, like Einstein was on Twitter? What would he do? Who knows? He could be crazy like Elon is on Twitter, too. Just look at what Trump does on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, if you want, want to see some crazy shit stuff, whoops, swore, sorry. Um, go to, you know, the president's Twitter account. That's crazy. So I, when you give somebody an open platform and they never stop thinking, Elon Musk is one of those guys that never stops thinking. So maybe he just needs to get these things out of his head or he'll go crazy. I don't know. He's a very peculiar kind of person. When he was on the Joe Rogan show, he said uh, something along the lines of Joe asked him like, what's it like in your head? And Elon was just like, you don't want to be me. It never stops. It just never stops. So man, it must suck to be that intelligent. 
that kind of person. My mind doesn't stop some days and I'm like, man, I just got to do some yoga. I got to calm down. I got to do some breathing, whatever. But if you, if that still doesn't work, but you don't want to medicate yourself to become a zombie, you got to do something. Maybe that's where his Twitter comes into play. We just like, well, I got Twitter now. I can express myself there. Maybe that's his expression because it's easy. He picks up his phone, jumps on Twitter, writes something out, takes him about 20 seconds, expresses himself, and then he's done. So I don't know. I don't know. There are some, some very peculiar things about that guy, though. And I'm very happy that he's around. That's all I'm going to say. Now, that being said, my friends, I believe I'm going to take off for the day. The pod is done for now. I made a song, an outro song yesterday, some sort of clapping song, but I can't remember what it was. It was like, I am leaving the podcast. <laughs> something along those lines, something goofy. But I can't remember what it was. I'll have to re-listen to it. Now, if you want to listen to this afterwards... Um, I'll be uploading it to the channel. You can check it out anytime you want to. I appreciate everybody who has hung out on the show tonight. Thank you so much for all the questions. Thanks, you, CastBot, for all of those uh, stars. Thank you, Aaron, for all those questions. I appreciate it. It's been a really great conversation. I will uh, also want to say thank you to Harry. Also, thank you to everybody on Patreon, everyone on Periscope. Everyone on YouTube watching right now, thank you so much. And my friends, this has been the Space News Podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me. And I will see you soon. That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.